This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're elevating how Texas banks. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome to Sports Day Cowboys, a podcast all about the Dallas Cowboys, brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Michael Gelkin, and it'll actually just be me hosting this week. Calvin Watkins is on assignment at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. The show goes on. Kellen Moore is out as the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. So is Doug Nussmeyer as a quarterback's coach. Mike McCarthy intends to become the new play caller. That's a whole lot of movement around quarterback Dak Prescott. What does that say about the Cowboys' thoughts on Prescott? A lot, actually. I will explain that. And Trayvon Diggs didn't have the strongest finish to his third NFL season, and that now leads to one of the Cowboys' biggest offseason storylines. What to do with Diggs in his looming second contract? Of course, the Cowboys and Kelmore didn't just break up. They mutually parted ways. What does that mean? I'm not exactly sure. So the man who broke the news, our very own David Moore, will keep me company during our guest interview segment and shed some light there. I will then take some of your questions. Sports Day Cowboys starts next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome back to Sports Day Cowboys. As I mentioned, Calvin Watkins, he's doing something that I think we're going to see a lot of this offseason where, you know, he might be at the combine or, you know, some other event elsewhere that takes him away from the podcast. I might be on paternity leave. My wife and I are expecting our first child. It's the offseason. So we're going to find a rhythm as we go, but definitely wanted to make sure that we, despite Calvin being in Mobile, we took some time to address some major Cowboys developments, some major Cowboys storylines. And so let's, without further ado, jump right into there. Kellen Moore. I tell you what, the Cowboys felt that they needed to make some changes around Dak Prescott between moving on from the 34-year-old, moving on from quarterbacks coach Duck Nussmeyer, changing the play caller to now Mike McCarthy. And that is not the sort of activity that you see when a team is satisfied with what it's getting at the quarterback position going into this season, the Cowboys knew they had less firepower on offense. They had less at receiver in particular with the departures of Amari Cooper via trade to Cleveland and Cedric Wilson via signing to the Miami dolphins. And they said to themselves, all right, 
This is why we pay Dak Prescott $40 million a year, because he's got to elevate the talent around him. And for a while, it seemed like that might happen. You heard a lot of talk in training camp about Dennis Houston, an undrafted rookie who just seemed to be in the right place. You heard the improving chemistry between Prescott and C.D. Lamb. No doubt that part certainly proved true. But overall, when you look at the inconsistencies, overall, when you look at the interceptions, including two in the first half against the San Francisco 49ers and the loss that closed the Cowboys season for second straight year, they really just felt, man, we are not getting out of Dak Prescott what we thought we would be getting. This season, in terms of quarterback play, wasn't what we needed it to be. And they aren't going to move on from Dak Prescott in 2023. He will be your quarterback next year for a whole host of reasons, including still the belief in him, and you're going to give him a chance to, to work his way through it. But it's a pretty sizable but here. It wasn't good enough. And I think Dak acknowledges that. The Cowboys privately acknowledge that. And through their actions of these very public moves, they are acknowledging that. Because I was talking on Sunday with an NFL executive for another team. And we were talking about Kellen Moore and why the Cowboys were moving on and just discussing it. And I said, that, yeah, there's some you know philosophical differences with Mike McCarthy. There's you know certain elements of just wanting to break things up around Dak. And the response from the NFL executive is penthouse problems. Just to say, Kellen Moore, pretty good offensive coordinator to nitpick and move on from him. Not really major issues specifically with the coordinator. This is more about, again, the quarterback. So that's what I think that was for the Cowboys. There's really no doubt about it. And the fact that Kellen Moore landed so quickly with the Los Angeles Chargers tells you what the league thinks about Kellen Moore. What does the league think about Dak Prescott is something that we're going to see over the course of maybe next year, next couple of years. But it's on Dak now to, to rewrite this situation because it is going officially in the wrong direction with the Dallas Cowboys. From there, Kellen Moore was the one thing that felt like we had to hit, had to do it this episode. Couldn't wait for Calvin to get back. The other is, I think, a storyline, a topic, an issue that we can't spend enough time talking about at this stage of the year because it's that it's going to be that big of a story in another month or two months or if it goes longer than that into the summer. And that is Trayvon Diggs. If I was to tell you to tell me the first play that comes to your mind involving Trayvon Diggs, my guess is it's probably because of recency bias not one of his NFL high 17 interceptions since he entered the league in 2020. It's probably maybe a dropped interception uh, against the Niners or the missed pass breakup, which I think is the answer for a lot of people, the missed pass breakup where he flew right by George Kittle on a critical 30 yard gain uh, during that loss. Those are the plays that stand out a little bit because Trayvon Diggs is a phenomenal playmaker at cornerback. There's no doubt about it. His ball skills are very much attuned with the receiver position that, that he played at Alabama when he first got there. But some of the other things, some of the technical aspects of it, some of the physicality, it's it's not there and it might never be there. He just might be a guy who's someone who's learning to play with better technique as he 
plays more of that position. Someone who I think did make some strides in terms of physicality and run defense and defending short passes. It was better in 2022 than it was in 21. That said, I just think we all can acknowledge that there are some shortcomings in his game. Very, very glaring shortcomings at times. And the Cowboys haven't gotten second contracts right in a while which is to say they haven't signed a player to a second contract. And I'm talking before they had to, before he became an unrestricted free agent. When you try to get ahead of the market after his third year or so, you can extend a guy and get ideally him at a cost that's much lower than it would be if you were to wait a year when his contract actually expires. They haven't really done this since 2019 when they locked up Ezekiel Elliott, they locked up Jalen Smith, and they locked up Lyle Collins. That's 0 for 3 on those contracts. Not one of those players, you know, certainly proved to be a team-friendly deal. And two of them aren't with the team any longer. And in terms of Ezekiel Elliott, he might not be here for much longer at all. We'll ask David more about that shortly. So uh, the Cowboys, though, can't be afraid to do these second contracts because if you're going to be a draft and develop organization like they say they want to be, they want to draft guys, hit on their picks, develop their picks, and then the part of draft and develop that isn't often mentioned, you have to extend those guys. You, you can't just draft them, develop them, and watch them play for another organization. But you need to make sure that you're extending the right guys. Jalen Smith was a Ron guy. Lyle Collins, probably a Ron guy too, at least when you look at the way that Terrence Steele really emerged after he joined the team in 2020. And then Ezekiel Elliott, not going to say it was a Ron player to give a long-term contract, but certainly that deal proved disastrous in terms of the way that Cowboys staggered their base salary guarantees so that his 2021 salary became fully guaranteed in 20. His 2022 salary became fully guaranteed in 21. That structure proved to be a really, really bad situation for the team. Now here we are, back to the present. Trayvon Diggs. Can the Cowboys navigate this situation in a way that years down the road, they're not looking back with regret? That's a critical, critical move. And fortunately for the Cowboys, they have Dan Quinn in their corner to help them navigate whether or not Trayvon Diggs is that guy. All right, without further ado, David Moore, Dallas Morning News Cowboys beat writer. He joins us next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome back to Sports Day Cowboys. David Moore is doing a great favor to me here because as much as I like talking to myself, I much prefer it when somebody else is in the room. David Moore, about 30 years he's been with the Dallas Morning News, 25 plus of those years covering the Dallas Cowboys. His favorite fellow Cowboys beat writer, Calvin Watkins, is away in Alabama. But again, David found it in his heart to join the program. Very kind of you, David. How are you doing? I find things work best when Calvin is away. So... (laughs) This is actually a good setup. (laughs) Well, there's no comment there from me. But before we get into the football, because there is a lot to talk about with the Cowboys, I'm just curious how you're downshifting into the offseason. Because, yeah, there's still a lot of activity, but it's also we're away from that 
you know, week to week grind of a regular season that consumes months for us. So I, I, how have you been? Have you been able to get a little work-life balance back in play? A little bit, but with, uh, you know, watching what's happening on the coaching front, because with the Cowboys, you never have too much of a down period. Uh, not complaining, that just seems to be how they conduct their business. And uh, you've had an uncharacteristic eight coaching staff changes coming off a 12 and five team. So there's, there's something to do with that, but yeah, it's, it's just from the, the discipline and basically having almost every hour of the day blocked or scheduled or, or knowing definitively what periods you're away from, you know, the practice facility to you're not at the practice facility the whole time, but but then at that point, you also kind of have to, you know, everyone else's schedule and there's still some things you need to find out, as you know. And so you kind of, uh, you know, OK, well, this person will probably be there now. Maybe we can get a hold of them or, or touch base and uh, we're hearing this and want to run a trap on that. So it it changes. But but it is it is an abrupt shift because everything hurdles toward the end and then it's just done whenever it's done. Even more so in some ways with this team this year, because you had a you you ended on a Sunday. Well, one, you had the last four games on the road, which is unusual. And but you ended the regular season on a Sunday. Then you played on a Monday on one coast and then you came back and had a game five days later on another coast and then it ended. So it was a uh, uh, quite the sprint to the finish line. No doubt. Let's just dash right into it. A lot to talk about with this team and the coaches is front of mind. Kellen Moore, you reported that he was, he and the Cowboys had mutually parted ways. Now, so the Cowboys did not fire Kellen Moore. Moore did not quit. They mutually parted ways. What does that mean to mutually part ways? Well, you're mutual in that he had a landing spot within what, uh, about uh, 12 to 18 hours after, you know, the, the decision, I, I was told the decision to mutually part ways came on late Saturday evening. And then by Monday afternoon, the LA Chargers are announcing that he is their offensive coordinator. So I, I think this was um, both sides. And, and I do believe this, I do believe this was mutual because I, I don't think that um, Kellen Moore had performed in a way where I know fans are highly critical of what wasn't happening with, um, you know, the, the Cowboys offensively at times. But but I always thought the mounting frustration with Kellen Moore was disproportionate to what uh, the statistics and the performance was. Uh, he was here for four years as an offensive coordinator. Two of those years, they were the number one ranked offense during the regular season, uh, finished in the top eight three of those four years. Now, the disconnect with his offense, much like, I think, fan frustration with this franchise is that regular season performance has not equated into postseason success. And some of the worst games he had uh, were in the postseason. And that Mm -hmm. is San Francisco eliminated them the last two years. Dallas scored an average of 14.5 points in those two games. And this is an offense that averaged 27 and 31 points in each of the previous two seasons. So well below the standard uh, and the expectations that were established during the regular season. But I think that I think there's really a lot going on here. And I, and I get back to the the Kellen Moore, um, you know, Dak Prescott relationship or or partnership along the way. 
they started out, you know, Kellen Moore has been with him every step along the way uh, with mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Started as a teammate, retired, became a co- uh, coordinator. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the uh, the quarterback's coach for one year. And then Dak actively lobbied for Kellen Moore to be the offensive coordinator. So in a very odd way, your offensive coordinator is indebted to your quarterback and the person he oversees for the job that he got. Now, I I think uh, both of them have been very good for each other's careers. They operate with mutual respect. Uh, There is nothing wrong with that. But I know within the Cowboys organization, there is a sense that Kellen Moore is not a commanding presence. He doesn't dominate a room like so many uh, football coaches. That is not a requirement, but you know, you have to make up for that with the strength of your ideas, for that to be executed on the field, for to have that sort of success. But I think the other thing that comes along with that is if you're not a commanding personality, how demanding are you daily in that quarterback room? Uh, with what your expectations are, with pushing uh, your players. And like I said, there's a fine line between a mutual respect and actually pushing and prodding and forcing someone beyond their comfort zone. And when you hear the Cowboys talk about, you know, it's time to have someone else in Dak Prescott's ear, I think this is what they mean. And this is not this is not an indictment in any way, shape, or form on Kellen. I think it's just evolved to the point where Dak would be better served with someone else daily, and and Kellen Moore, I think, is going to help his career and his aspirations to become a head coach if he goes somewhere where he's established as the offensive coordinator to quarterback dynamic at the start, which is what it's going to be with Justin Herbert, who is 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 one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind as you were just talking. I always thought, and it was interesting to hear your take, because I think it's, it's you know, sometimes a, a positive trait in someone can turn out to be kind of a fatal characteristic where it's, it's a negative. And I always thought if I was a head coach, having a man of Kellen Moore's temperament, just natural temperament of who he is, very low key, ho hum, like not a guy who's going to be featured on hard knocks when there's cameras following the Cowboys. They're just going to pass right over him. I thought, you know what? Having a guy with that personality is probably ideal for my 34 year old whiz kid o- offensive coordinator because when teams come to potentially hire him to be a head coach, he doesn't really fit those, that rubric of a leader. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I think. He's less likely to get a head coach job in part because of his just personality. And it doesn't really it's not corollary to what people tend to think of when they think of a head coach leader. But to hear that that same personality, the same thing that keeps him in your building and avoids a brain drain at the end of the, the season might be something that works against him in your quarterback room. I think that's that's interesting. And the second thing I had in mind, and it's, it's a question for you. You mentioned Dak. He's lost his quarterback coach. He's lost his offensive coordinator. He's lost all sense of continuity within that quarterback room. I was discussing this when I was alone earlier in the show, but now that I have somebody, (laughs) do you think that's there's a little bit of an indictment there, at least in terms of how the Cowboys thought, what they thought of Dak's season last year? They really thought, man, Dak did not meet the bar that we set in terms of being a $40 million quarterback who was supposed to elevate those around him and make it work with less that Dak didn't do what the Cowboys expected of him. They will not say that publicly in any way, shape or form, 
So you have to look at their actions, mm-hmm. which we have seen. Uh, now the Cowboys are, you're going to have a new play caller in Mike McCarthy. You're going to have a new offensive coordinator. You're going to have a new quarterbacks coach. You're going to have a new offensive lines coach, and you're going to have a new running backs coach. So your entire offense, the top of your offensive staff and the ones that that deal with that directly as far as protection, uh, as far as the, you know, the backs, knowing the scheme, everything, uh, that's all new, new voices there. And it, you know, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Look at Dak Prescott's final three games of the regular, of, of the season. One of his worst performances against Washington. Mm-hmm came back with, I would say, undisputably his best performance in a big game against Tampa Bay, and then comes back five days later and throws two interceptions in the first half of a game where the defense is playing outstanding against a rookie quarterback and plays one of his worst games again. So Dak Prescott was erratic in a way he has never been uh, in his career this season. And I'm still struck by the fact that when when Mike McCarthy took this job three years ago, one of the things he stressed from the start in that opening press conference was, we want, we want to make everything as comfortable as we can for Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And the idea at that time was by keeping the same system in place, by keeping Kellen Moore in place, by keeping Doug Nussmeyer and, and that core around him, the best way for him to continue to evolve and grow as a quarterback was for that. Now, I think you're clearly seeing they feel that, well, at this stage of Dak's development, because he did not develop this year, uh, he did not get better. In, in many instances, he got worse. They have gone from, we want to make everything as comfortable for Dak Prescott as possible, to, well, maybe it's time to make things a little bit uncomfortable. Now, you can't do that too far, right? We're not talking about an overhaul of the system. We're not talking him to learn new precepts about how we attack a defense. But this is about making changes within the how they do things now. And I think it's a very... Uh, it's a very strong examination of, okay, does he have too much latitude in some areas? Do we need to rein back? Uh, he doesn't do well with this, with these coverages. So how do we adapt for that? What's, uh, and Mike McCarthy's been here. This will be going into his fourth season. He should have a pretty good feel for exactly who Dak Prescott is and what they can do in the offense. He, the way he envisions it going forward. No doubt. And if having Dak be comfortable didn't work, and if now having Dak suddenly uncomfortable doesn't work in 2023, it really sets up a fascinating question that the Cowboys have to answer is, where do we go at this point with Dak Prescott? Now, I want to wrap it up uh, somewhat soon. I got three questions. I'm not going to say rapid fire because I think it's hard to have a there's, – there's a lot of nuance uh, to, to these three players. But I want to ask you about three Cowboys players that I think are just pivotal storylines this offseason. Then I'll let you get back to your offseason, which – Given this Dallas weather, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first player I want to ask you about, David, is Ezekiel Elliott. He has been with the Cowboys several years. He has said that he's willing to accept a pay cut, which is good because that's what he would need to do in order to have any chance of staying in Dallas in 2023. Do you believe that we've seen Ezekiel Elliott's final snap as a Dallas Cowboy? I think there's a very good chance uh, because I think while t- to me, 
acknowledging that you would accept a pay cut to stay is merely the start of the conversation. Then you get into evaluation of where it is, where you are as a team, how you're going to spend your cap. To me, to reduce it down, like you say, there's much more to discuss here. And and none of these de- decisions are final yet. Uh, we're just talking about where the starting point in the conversation is. But to me, where the starting point in the conversation is, okay, let's say he does take a pay cut to stay, which all indications are he will. Then the question is, will his usage level be greater in 2023 than it was this past season? The answer is no. Right. Then the question is, do you intend to use him to the same level that you did in 2022? And if the answer to that is no, then you're talking about a much reduced role and as good of a teammate as Ezekiel Elliott has been and has been willing to take the transition to go from being a star player to a secondary player running back, how much more can he go down and will his ego and his pride and what he has accomplished allow him to do that comfortably? So to me, they the Cowboys have to determine if he does return, what is his level of usage and does that make sense to go forward for, for him and for us? Mm-hmm. And I think this these questions, again, give it like a month, maybe six weeks, then we're, that's about the timeline of when that question is going to be answered. Because I think before the March 15th start of the league year, the Cowboys are going to have to decide what his new number looks like if it's not zero in terms of his salary in 2023. Uh, the next question, just as Zeke doesn't have any more guaranteed money left on his contract, neither does offensive tackle Tyron Smith. If the Cowboys were to release or trade him based on how they would do it, they would clear either $9.6 million or $13.6 million in cap space for 2023. Same question, different player, David. Has Tyron Smith played his final snap in Dallas? I think that is likely as well. Again, some things to work through here. And and you cannot neglect that Tyron Smith may be the Jones family favorite player in that locker room. Uh, He's performed at a Hall of Fame level for a long time. He was always willing to take less money, a little less money than the market value and do very uh, uh, team-friendly contracts along the way. No doubt. Uh, Something Ezekiel Elliott did not, which is why, look, they love Zeke Elliott too, but there's a difference, right? So there are other personnel and, and loyalty factors in play, but let's look at it from the standpoint of, Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff, which will be much different. In the three years he has been here, how many games has Tyron Smith been available to start? And if you're at that level of a player, how can you go into a season knowing you've missed that many games over the previous three years and install them as a starting player? So in my mind, you're only talking about a backup swing tackle to start. And then you it's much like the conversation on Ezekiel Elliott. Well, at this stage of the career, uh, with what they would pay, what we would pay them, does it make sense to have him in that role? Fascinating conversation with two Cowboys greats. Now the third player hasn't reached that level in terms of sustained success with the organization because he's too young. Trayvon Diggs, he just completed his third season, the third season of his NFL career, and now he's eligible for a second contract. That's going to be very, very expensive if the Cowboys go down that road David, do you pay Trayvon Diggs a second contract this offseason? 
And this is the downside of, of not having a first round pick in that extra year, right? When a guy hit, it's, it's great from your draft perspective to have second, third, and fourth round picks hit and be part of your nucleus. But you have this decision one year earlier than you would otherwise if they were a first round pick. Uh, I say yes on that. I, I say when you look at the landscape of cornerbacks around this league, uh, how the game is played now, um, I, in my mind, yes. And you also have to look at have they, how have they drafted the other corner spots and have they hit on those? That's a little uh, more spotty argument, right? On uh, the other pick, high picks and second and third round they've invested that have hit. Right. Diggs hit. I don't see how you can let him walk uh, at this stage. So, and you know that cornerback, all of these positions, the, the the top players at the positions, the salaries are only going to go up. You, I think you bite the bullet on this. You have a really good defense that can still be very good for a long time. If you have a quality corner, uh, I think you do it, and and you don't look back. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. Appreciate you joining me. And no doubt I'll be seeing you around, however, far less frequently with the season over. (laughs) See you soon. Up next, we take some of your questions coming up here on Sports Day Cowboys. Hey, listeners, this is Damon Marks. I'm the Cowboys editor for the Dallas Morning News. That includes the Sports Day Cowboys podcast that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is the nonstop news cycle that is the Dallas Cowboys. But beyond that daily adrenaline rush, being able to reveal the human side of the players you watch on TV is a privilege. Calvin and Michael talk to these players each week to bring you the -the behind-the-scenes stories that you can't get anywhere else. If you want to support this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com slash listen. Welcome back to Sports Day Cowboys. I know I've said it a lot on previous episodes, but my vision for this show is that we have a lot of great questions from you, our listeners, and we're able to answer directly your thoughts that you might have when watching the Cowboys, when reading or thinking about the Cowboys, when listening to the show, whatever it may be. And so at the very end of this show, I will go over again how to submit to us your questions or even better yet, your voice memos where you record yourself, send it. It's all good stuff. But Today, we're going to work with what we have. Two questions. First, and really not so questions, more so statements. First one is from Albert B. Mitchell. In reference to the 49ers game, the loss in January. Defense did its job. No contribution from Elliott. Let him go and spend the money on low draft choices or free agents. I think the Zeke Elliott question won't be going away until the Cowboys themselves answer it next month at the combine or really in the days after the combine when they decide what they do with Elliot. But I just think it's important to note that if you were to cut Ezekiel Elliott this year, and there's a couple ways to do it pre June 1st cut post June 1st, you can designate that when you make the move. If you were to release them this year, no matter how you do it, it will create $11.9 million in dead money against the salary cap. So $11.9 million is tied to Ezekiel Elliott with he's on the roster or off it. If you were to cut him next year, that number of dead cap goes from $11.9 million to $6 million. So not saying that might be what ultimately 
carries this decision, the Cowboys might decide, you know what, we just want uh, a, a clean break. We're just going to do it, and we're going to eat the more, you know, we're going to eat the salary cap ramifications by not waiting, we're, we're by doing it today. Or if they were, I think, to keep him, that drop from $11.9 million in dead cap to $6 million by waiting a year is probably front of mind in terms of their thinking in conjunction with what Ezekiel Elliott brings in certain roles that they can kind of focus him in on, including goal line, maybe some trusted pass protection, but also the fact of what he means in your locker room where, yes, we're making things uncomfortable for Dak Prescott. We've talked a lot about that this episode, but you know, having Ezekiel Elliott there and, and what that does for the better, and not just for the quarterback, but throughout your locker room, these are considerations that teams do. Uh, but I also, it comes to mind because I think this is part of a larger conversation that comes of running a sports team is when do you let go of certain players who might not have it anymore? And there's a book that I read back in May of last year, and it's called Legacy. It's by James Kerr. I don't know if anyone, I'm sure some people have read it. Um, it's about the all-black rugby team in New Zealand and how certain ways that they go about their team and their culture are applicable not just to sports but in life and other business operations. So if you do what the All Blacks do and certain adopt certain principles that they employ, you can find similar success to what they find on the rugby pitch. I think they call it pitch. I know it's definitely soccer, but let's just roll with it. And there's one part of it in particular that I want to just read because I had it in case Zeke came up and it wasn't a right time to talk about it with David, but here's a segment. It's on uh, the second chapter and it's about adapting. The key of course is when we're on top of our game to change our game, to exit relationships, recruit new talent, alter tactics, reassess strategy, uh, to make a series of scallop jumps along what's called a sigmoid curve, outwitting outwitting inevitability. As a leader, this is one of our primary responsibilities, and the skill comes in training these leaps. When to ax your star performer, when to blood new talent, when to change your game plan altogether. It's only a matter of time before the Cowboys are going to have to move on from Ezekiel Elliott. The skill is knowing when that time is and being somewhat out in front of it. You could argue that being out in front of it means moving on from Ezekiel Elliott this offseason. You could argue it would have meant moving on from him last year, but the Cowboys couldn't because they already fully guaranteed his salary. Whatever it may be, this is an important, important decision that all teams face when to cut ties with a star player. I'll tell you, this book is well-read within the Cowboys building. This is the sort of question that they have to answer now with Elliot. We have one more question. We'll wrap it up with this one. It's from Paul G. It's he actually gives his full last name, but I'm a coward. I didn't want to pronounce it and butcher it. Uh, Guggen Boyle. Yeah, I regret even attempting that. How you how do you fire Jerry Jones? Until you fix that issue, this team is a groundhog day of the NFL. Only it never gets better. I'm done after 60 years. That's what Paul says. The Cowboys are at Groundhog's Day, which, by the way, is, is today. We, we launched this episode on Thursday. Happy Groundhog's Day to everybody. And, yeah, Cowboys have been going through the same thing for more than a couple of decades. They haven't yet learned how to ice sculpt or play the piano and have yet to get Rita. But here we are. We will see 
Maybe next week's episode won't be like Groundhog's Day. Maybe I will have some company and Calvin Watkins will return from Alabama. That is all the time we have for Sports Day Cowboys. Appreciate you guys bearing with me. I got tired hearing my voice. Hopefully it was less exhausting for you. This episode is produced by Damon Marks, and you can find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. And like I said before, we'd love to hear from you. So here's how you send us your questions and voice memos. Email them to dmncowboys at dallasnews.com. That's the easiest way to do it, dmncowboys at dallasnews.com. Or you can ping us directly on Twitter at dmn underscore cowboys and on Facebook at Cowboys Fan Central. For the news, I am Michael Gelkin. We will see you next week. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.